Welcome to Who's in the Bible, a podcast for kids. I'm Eric. And I'm Lance. And we believe that the Bible is the greatest book in the whole world. It's filled with amazing stories about interesting people, all working together to tell a bigger story, the greatest story, about the most important person who ever lived, Jesus. And we know that understanding more about the people and stories in the Bible helps us to know more about Jesus and what it means to be his followers today. And in this episode... We're talking about Noah. Yes! I'm so pumped, man. I, I love the story of Noah. Like, I think about when I was a kid, I used to have this this brown, uh, like, King James Bible. Like oh, yeah. Kids Bible. Kids and it had, Bible. like, the, the paintings inside. They weren't pictures. They were pain- <laughs> paintings, paintings on the inside of your Old Bible. Old school paintings. Yes. And they'd be like, there was one Noah. He's all, like, ripped, and he's, like, standing out on his boat. And oh, like yeah. Did he have a beard? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, and there's always a giraffe. Yeah. Everybody in the Bible had a beard. I think about like kids' toys with the, the Fisher Price Noah's Ark. You yes. Can get, oh, yeah. It's such a cute oh, thing. Such good stuff. Listen, what a great story. Let's dive into that. I know. I, I grew up same same situation as you with the kids' Bible with the paintings and all that in it. Uh, there's so much happening with the boat and the animals and the flood. Yeah. But you might be surprised how it all starts out. We should take a look at it in Genesis chapter six. Good idea. All right, so if you guys, wherever you are, if you're at home or if you're in your car, um, why don't you go ahead and pause the podcast for a second, get out your Bible app or get out your Bible and open it up to Genesis chapter six. The Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of his thoughts of his heart were only evil continuously. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth and he it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, and man and animals and creeping things the, and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. Kind of heavy. Yeah. Like, I thought this was more of like the Noah, the Noah story, like where yeah. the boat. Actually, th- this is how it starts. The mm. Bible tells us that God looked across creation. And do you know what stood out? how horrible people were being, how evil yeah. and wicked and even violent they were being. If you keep reading some of those verses, it, how do you think that made God feel? Eh. I mean, like, not great. Not great. Yeah, it actually, it made him sad, but it also made him upset because, yeah. I mean, think back to one of our other episodes. What did we say is the most extraordinary thing God created? Okay, well, we chiefed on before that yeah. the most extraordinary thing God created was people. That's right. And imagine God looking out at all of creation and the thing that he said is most extraordinary, the thing that is most like him is being wicked and evil. Man, that made him upset. So upset that he said he was going to destroy everything, land, creeping things, animals, birds, and people. That's like everything. Yeah. He's pretty upset. Very upset. So, I mean, because in this weird, because we, we talked about God in a lot of these episodes, you know, we kind of started off with God. And the most important thing that keeps coming up is how much God loves us. So, it's, it's just kind of weird to think about, you know, God being loving, but then at the same time wanting to, <laughs> wanting to destroy well, yeah, everything. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. You see, God is loving. That's what we've said in each episode, but... There are other things about God that we should know uh, along with his loving nature. And one of those things is that he's righteous. Do you know what that means? It means that he's always right. 
Uh, basically, yeah, that's a very simple way to describe it. Uh, a theologian who I respect said, well, I guess we should define theologian. That's yeah. a fancy way of describing someone who studies the things of God. Oh. Kind of like uh, a fancy way of describing someone who studies animals and their behavior is a zoologist. You see how oh, okay. That, yeah. So it's in this ologist geonin world. Like yes. you, you said theologian. I'm like, I, is that a wizard? Yeah, <laughs> I don't, a wizard. don't know. He's a theologian. Theologian. So uh, a theologian that I respect described God's righteousness this way. He says that God always acts in accordance with what is right. Wow. Meaning that he always does what is right. It's part of who he is. He actually has to. So when you think about evil and evil people, when you hear something bad that has happened and you see the person that did it, what do you want to happen to them? You don't want them to get away with it. Like right. you want something you want, they got to be punished for it. You don't, you yeah. can't just go. That's right. You see, just like that makes, makes you feel good when you know someone bad has been punished. Mm-hmm. That's part of God's character. He's so mm-hmm. righteous. He has to make sure that people who are bad or evil are punished. And so when we read in Genesis 6 that God looks out and that's what he sees, he has no choice but to punish the evil because he's righteous. So we've said the most important thing we can know about God is what? He loves us. He loves us. But we also know that he's righteous. Well, here's what's cool. In this story, we see those two things come together. The story of Noah is actually a story about God's love. And one thing about God's love we learn here is that he loves to save. Listen to what verse eight says. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Okay, Noah, we're introduced to uh, that he has favor in the eyes of the Lord. And the next verses describe him as being a good guy. He had a wife and three sons and they each had a wife. And so Noah is not the same or in the same category as all of the evil people that God sees. Right. So kind of, he looked out and at first he's like, ah, everybody stinks. This is terrible. But then he's like, oh, wait. Look at this guy and his family. They're, yeah. They kind of stuck, stuck out as being different. Yeah. And Noah's actually described as walking with God or having mm-hmm. a special relationship with God that those other people didn't have. And in that, God speaks to Noah and tells him what he's going to do. He tells him about all the destruction he's going to bring, that he's got this plan to wipe everyone and everything out with a flood. And then he gives Noah instructions to build this giant boat for him and his family and all these animals. That's so this is okay. This is a part I think I've heard a lot about. Right. This the is part, a, yeah, this is a big the main section maybe. Yeah. The 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 main this is the part that people <laughs> focus on, right? Yeah. This is the part of the story that's really interesting because uh he builds this big boat and it's not even a normal boat. It's got a special name. It's called an ark. An ark. Yeah. So ark. an ark. It's a pirate boat. <laughs> it's a pirate boat. Uh it's big enough to hold Noah and his family and tons of animals in pairs and and so that's what the story describes is Noah builds this ark, it gets loaded with his family and animals and the door shuts and then you know what happens next? It starts to rain. It does. It starts to rain and it rains for 40 days. That's a long time. Yeah. That's a long, long time. I, yeah. I, if I think, try to think back, when's the longest I remember it raining for a long time? And like, some of you guys, some of you kids may remember the recent floods that there have been with the Harvey. Yeah. Or what was the other? Imelda, maybe? That, I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot, lots of floods. Anyway, if you live down in the Texas area, you could be listening to this anywhere, actually. Yeah. But um, if you lived in the this part of Texas where we live, there have been some really serious floods. And Harvey, it rained for like five days? Yeah, it rained for several days. Yeah. And Almost a week. And... 
just less than a week's worth of rain, what did it do? Oh, it messed everything up. It messed so much stuff. Like you my even house. Got wa- water in your house. My house was floating. That's stuff right. was floating around in my yeah. house. You had like your couch floating. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The you floor had, was floating up. Yeah. All, all kind of. So this flood that we experienced in Harvey destroyed part of your house and the stuff yeah. that you own, right? Can you imagine an even more massive flood with more rain for 40 days? What that would have done? It, everything's gone. That's right. Destroyed everything. But could you imagine in the midst of all that being stuck on a zoo cruise hmm. so i mean i think about like when it's just been wet outside and we come inside yeah. like the house kind of has that wet smell like outside smells like inside a little bit yeah but you know you take off but the, again so then you get off your wet shoes and your wet clothes and then you, know, you go somewhere else and it kind of like oh i'm, I'm kind of all safe and dry i'm mm-mm, mm-mm. This place, I mean, had to. The smell had to be so real. They couldn't open the windows because it was raining for forty days, and then no. all these animals in there. It must have been super smelly, right? Yeah. As horrible as it would have been to be on the boat, which again, this is the part of the story everybody wants to uh, focus on because it's so interesting. Imagine how horrible it was outside the boat. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to the way it's described in Genesis chapter seven. And the waters prevailed so mightily on the earth that all the high mountains under the whole heavens were covered. The waters prevailed over the mountains, covering them 15 cubits deep, and all the flesh died that moved on the earth, birds, livestock, beasts, all swarming creatures that swarm on the earth, and all mankind. Whoa. All flesh died. All flesh died. That's crazy. So much rain that the mountains were covered. So it's like the birds couldn't even stay in the air. That's right. There was nowhere for them to land. And they couldn't land anywhere. So eventually they just came on down. Yeah. So it makes me think about, so my friend Drew is on the space station right now. So if Drew was circling the earth and looked down, it would just be like blue. Actually, it wouldn't be blue. It'd probably be gray because yeah. it's just, but there's no green. There's no land. There's no, there's no mountains. There's no nothing. There's yeah, nothing. So it's just blue. You, you read the story and you might think that that's what it looked like. But yeah. Like the whole earth, just big blue ball. You know what this sounds like? It sounds like it might be time for. Thinking material. Okay. So you brought up seeing the earth from outer space and would it be this big ball of water? Would it look like that at yeah. this point? Well, I don't know. We, it's, it's hard to know because here's the thing. The way you read the story, it says that all life ended except everything on the boat. All the earth under the heaven was covered in water. Yeah. Except when we learn about the earth through the study of geology, which is Another fancy word for the study of the earth, the yeah. study of soil and rocks and all those things. One of my favorite ologies. Oh, it's one of the, it is a fun ology. Great ology. Geology. So there actually is no geological evidence for a total global flood ever at any point. Hmm. And that's kind of interesting. That seems weird because I feel like we just read that all things, all yeah. flesh, what happened? Okay, so this is why this is thinking material. Because when we read the Bible, it's important for us to keep in mind what the original audience, what the original people who were there when it was written and it was written to would have understood when, when it says the whole earth or all of the land or all of the creatures. You see, people that lived long time ago, long time before space stations and satellites and airplanes and cars, they didn't travel quickly. In fact, they didn't ever in their lifetime travel very far, not more than uh, a couple of hundred miles, most people, right? Yeah. Have you ever 
left Texas, Eric? I, I have. Have you ever left by car? By car or by plane. Yeah. I ain't ever walked it. <laughs> That's true. How, how long did it take you to leave Texas by car? I mean, by car. One time we were driving at like, like, uh, like 17, 18 hours. Wow. It's a long way. It's a long time to leave. It takes a long time to leave Texas by car, yeah. right? So imagine an area in, in that part of the world about the size of Texas. Most people would never have left that geography. And so to them, okay. that was the whole earth. That's that was the, the whole world, world right? because that's everything that they knew. And so when we read scripture and we see that uh, it talks about it this way, we should understand things the way that they did because they are the original audience. So could the whole earth have been flooded at some point because God was pouring out judgment on it? Well, absolutely. Yeah. God yeah. can do anything he wants. Right. But if we learn things through thing, through studies like geology and say, well, maybe that didn't happen. Should we be worried that the Bible isn't true or that what we're learning in science contradicts the Bible? Absolutely not. We just need to remember uh, there are there are better ways to read scripture and the best way is to read it, keeping in mind how people, the, the original audience would have understood things. And that was thinking material. Okay. Back to the boat. Uh, my brain's just throbbing. Let's I know. Keep sorry. Going. Yeah. Let's keep going so much back to the boat. No, okay. his family could not have been comfortable. They were on this boat for months on end, more than yeah. 10 months. Right. Woo. And in, in the story, they, they were saved, but certainly they were ready to get off the boat. They're waiting for dry land. And then finally, chapter 8, listen to this. And Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and behold, the face of the ground was dry. Then God said to Noah, Go out from the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with every living thing that is with you all of the flesh birds and animals and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth and that they may swarm on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. Boom. This is a big deal. Yes. God loves to save. That's the point of this story. It's so exciting. After they got off the boat, Noah, so grateful that God saved him, stopped and worshiped God. And then God made this promise. It was a really cool promise. The Bible actually describes it as a covenant, Mm -hmm. which is a word we're going to go over in a future episode. But this promise God made was that he would never destroy the earth and the animals again because of how sinful people are. And he goes on to say that God knows people will always be sinful, Mm -hmm. but he won't destroy the earth and the animals again because of the sinfulness of people. And God seals this promise with, you guessed it, a rainbow. A rainbow. So here comes a rainbow out of the sky. Outro music. Noah's high-fiving his kids. Everything's happy. Bum, bum, bum. Not quite. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but that is not the end of the Noah story. No. It doesn't, doesn't end so happily, actually. You see, uh, you just go to the next chapter, chapter 9 of Genesis, Noah proves God right that people will always be sinful. Chapter nine tells the story of Noah and one of his sons, both being sinful, misbehaving and acting shamefully. And like that, it just kind of the story moves on after that. Uh, well, that just makes me sad. Like reading the end of the story, I feel bummed out. Like what are, what are we to do if people will always be sinful and yeah. God is always going to be righteous. Yeah. That's that a, means going to come back to us just all being punished again. That's a good question. And that's why it's so important for us not to focus on just the interesting parts of this story with the flood and the animals. The story is trying to teach us something bigger. Mm. God loves to save. 
And we've read this verse before, but I want to bring it back up to this episode. John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. You see, God is righteous. He always has been. He always will be. And we are what? Sinful. Sinful. We always have been and we always will be. But God loves to save sinful people. And we keep reading in scripture and we see God makes a way to save us through Jesus. It's pretty exciting. Super exciting. Man, episode five and we're just getting rolling. We're still at the beginning. We're still only in Genesis. I know. And we're in the first few chapters. We still got a lot to go. And I can't wait. And we hope that you guys will keep coming along with us, that you'll subscribe. You'll tell your friends about this because we would love for more of you guys to know all this amazing story about the love of God and how much he loves us. You've been listening to Who's in the Bible, a podcast for kids brought to you by Clear Creek Community Church. Continue the conversation with our free parents guide available at clearcreekresources.org.